Good morning, Al Bat. Hey, Al Bat. It's Lisa Kay. How are you doing? Hey, Lisa. I'm doing great. Well, good another, to hear. Another. Well, it's it's still a lovely day, but boy, it's foggy. Isn't it weird? Yeah, I've dense fog advisory early this morning, and that's just. I, I read that it was because of our weird weather pattern that we're having this year, where everything is just a little bit warmer than it was before. And now we got cold, and now it's getting warm again. So here comes the fog. So every year is one of those years. And uh, my dad would tell me all the time about uh, snow. Uh, fog eats the snow. So every time we would get fog a little bit. But you know, usually the weather was warmer, and there was some moisture involved. So there was. It was true. I guess the snow would disappear. At least I, ha- I have to mention one thing. I got a uh, note from Mark Sickle. And I asked, I said, all right, if I say your name on here, and he said, you bet. He sent me a, uh, well, I'll read what he said. He said, I thought I'd share a cool video of a bobcat I caught on a video this fall, location east of Mapleton, five miles, sniffing a discarded pumpkin the rabbits have been gnawing on. uh, He said he enjoys listening to us on KTOE, so thank you, Mark, very much. It was a cool video because it brought... You know, you're talking, these memories come galloping back. When I was a kid, I grew up in the woods, and we had a bobcat there, and it was just like the coolest thing, because I told the grown-ups, and they all said, oh, yeah, it's a big house cat. You got a big house cat Mm -hmm. out there, until a grown-up saw it, and then, of course, it was a bobcat. So it was, I remember that, just how cool it was seeing that bobcat, and uh, I know there was a story in the free press about a bobcat being seen in the area, too, so whether it's the same one Mark had, but it's pretty cool to see stuff like that. There's just so many things out there to see. Right, and what's the difference? Did we talk about this one time? Bobcat, cougar, puma? Yeah, bobcat is much, much, much smaller. Uh, Bobcat is uh, what we would consider a native, uh, an animal that you would see in Minnesota, not necessarily here, but you would see them here. And they have a a bobtail, where a cougar has that very, very long one. Uh, Bobcats are kind of cool to see. And, you know, if you probably ran into a cougar on your walk, it'd be uh, probably (laughs) frightening to see. Terrifying. It's a much bigger animal. So it's, uh, they're both really great things to see. And uh, members of the cat family, and I have the member of uh, my family, it's a cat staring at me now as I'm talking. <laughs> and and she's, she can be frightening if uh, I pick her up and decide to take her somewhere she doesn't want to go. She, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine what a cougar would be like because it's, it's a challenge getting her to do things she doesn't sure. want to do. And she doesn't want to do pretty much everything I want her to do. <laughs> That's so. a cat. That's a cat yeah. for you. I was woken up by the cat early this morning sitting on top of me. And when you don't pet her when she sits on top of you, especially when you're in a laying down position, she will reach up and put her paw on your face and then like put the claws out just a little bit, just to touch oh. you, but not scratch oh. you, just to let you know, hey, I'm here. Oh. And <laughs> Man, yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, cats considerous uh, staff yep. pretty much so yep. it's one of those things but, hey, uh, speaking of um videos i saw a 
a bald eagle video, and I thought about you, and it was so funny because these, and I don't remember which bald eagle cam it was from because I have got a couple of them that I watch, but it it came up and it had both of them flying into the nest, and it was apparently stick placing season where they start to build or something like that, and one of them put the stick down, and the other one looked at him and picked it up and moved it like three millimeters the other way and then he picked it back up and moved it and she picked it back up and moved it and it kept going back and forth and back and forth and the comments were that you know oh i love stick placing season and it's just like watching what happens at home no over there no a little bit over that way no over this way and (laughs) it was pretty funny I have been there, and it's part of the the pair bonding, and it is the male will bring in the sticks generally and say, ah, look what I got for you here, baby. This is the best <laughs> stick, and I searched every tree, and this was the, it was the only one left, so I got it. I saw it, and then he puts it down, and she gives him that look like, what are you, nuts? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't go over there and picks it up, and as you said, it's been some Something I mean, I've been with a friend, and we were moving the sofa around, and then my wife would back up and kind of give it a look like she's filming a, a movie and say, no, no, no. <laughs> it's got to be over that way about two feet. Two feet, you got to move it. Right. And then, uh, of course, we moved it back to where it was originally. And it uh, it's, uh, I understand, you know, and being a guy, just... I'm not so into that, and I guess that's the way the male bald eagle is. He just says, this is a stick. It'll fit in the nest, and there you go. And she takes care of where it goes, the stick placement. She picks it up and says, it goes right here. (laughs) And so it's it's a a good thing. Somebody called me early this morning, and they said that... The eagles were building a, a second nest, and they were wondering why are they building a second nest if they had the nest over here. And if they don't raise a brood, if they don't fledge a young one, sometimes they'll build a, a new nest because that one didn't work out very well. Sometimes if something happens to one of the pair, the other one, uh, the new one to the pair says, you know, we need a new nest. Oh. We're not going to use that old one. You know, that just, it's, that's not my nest. I, I want us to build a new nest. So they will build a new nest. And, uh, of course, sometimes if they're bothered by something, whether it's a human or a raccoon or a great horned owl, you know, great horned owls will try to take over nests. So you got all those kind of things going on, too. But uh, very often they will build one, and if they've had good success, they'll build the second nest pretty close to the first one. Oh, interesting. I guess, well, the other video that I saw with the eagles was, I don't know, does does a male or a female, do they both hunt, or does the male bring the food back to the nest? Because one of them had brought in a whole entire fish back and dropped it in the nest and tried to take a bite of it and then the other one went over and took it and then the other one that brought it went and took it back so i was like are they sharing what are they doing yeah he uh it's more they will both hunt because she needs a break sometimes and get off that and go out and do something take a take a bath in a nearby lake and it's just but both parents will take turns on the nest incubating the eggs and taking care of the eaglets. So when one is on the nest, the other one's off flying, hunting, perching, uh, brushing her bill, whatever they need to do. 
So it, <clears throat> they bring in food, and sometimes if they're close to water or a place where there's a lot of food, they'll just overwhelm the nest almost. They just keep bringing in more food because that's their job is mm. to bring more food in. And I watched a nest, and they were catching mud hens, <clears throat> American coots, uh, cute little birds and uh, apparently one of the favorite foods of bald eagles because they were catching these poor little guys and just stacking them up in there and it's uh you know it doesn't always keep unless this time of year it'll probably keep because the weather is cold enough but other than that it's uh you're just it's a waste of food very often but you know, we were just going through the refrigerator. I was going through the refrigerator and, uh, and, and throwing some cheese away because mm-hmm. it, it turned that. So I guess I can't blame anybody else for wasting food. Cause <laughs> humans are pretty good at doing that. And uh, and it's a lot of my, I like cheese, so I'm in the store and I say, oh, man, here's a sale on cheese. And I take it home and then we're not around to eat it and it goes bad. Oh, yeah. man. Huh. Um I want to ask a little bit about um, box elder bugs. Yesterday at work, I ran across, and I thought it was a weird time of year to run across a box elder bug. One single box elder bug was walking across the front counter in our front office. And I looked at it, and somebody looked at me, and she said, I saw that earlier. It's missing a leg. (laughs) And (laughs) it was kind of hobbling along and walking. And I thought, well, okay, weird that it's inside and missing a leg, but what is it? eating and somebody else had wanted to know what do box elder bugs eat when they're in my house like what are they feasting on yeah and they're cool i want to mention one last thing about those eagles both the male and the female have brood patches those bare spots where the skin comes so they can go on the egg which if you don't have that makes it real difficult to incubate yeah uh, box elder bugs i saw one here the other day too i had a a multicolored asian lady beetle in my cereal uh, which I didn't know the cereal box came with a prize, but apparently it was a multicolored Asian lady beetle. Uh, box elder bugs do not get in my cereal, so I, they're my favorite of those two. You know, when they're outside, they suck the juices out of leaves and developing seeds of box elder and maple trees, and but not enough to hurt the plants or the trees. And they'll they'll feed on some other plants, but they like box elder and maple. But they're happy to spend the winter in the cozy confines of our our homes and during the time they're here with us very much different than our relatives they eat nothing during the time so they're just they're generally inactive but when it gets warm like it's been and especially if we get a, a sunny day then they kind of wake up and they move towards the windows so they're out there like little zombies moving, and the one you have there, I was using a crutch because it was missing a leg <laughs> yes. and hobbling along, and it's uh, they will move towards the window. So you see them out there moving around, but they really do no harm. Uh, they're just they're pretty neat, and I, I was telling my wife, I said it's it's kind of neat to see a box elder bug in January because it just uh, you know like in January this one's been so nice. I'm not gonna pick on this January at all, but sometimes Januarys can be a little rough. Yeah. It, it just kind of say, well, there's a box elder bug, and I can watch it move around and uh, enjoy that. Yeah, I, I thought to myself, well, 
you know, I don't kill the bugs anyways. I just leave them alone. But um, the fact that it was missing a leg made me feel bad. But it was hanging out by the leftover poinsettia plant. So I thought maybe that was feeding on that. I don't know. But it's interesting that they'll just not eat. No, they just, uh, they they get so inactive that they they have no energy requirements, really, mm. so they don't need to eat anything. All right. Uh, somebody wrote in asking about a blue jay investigating a mud wasp nest. What was it doing? Is it looking for food? What's it yeah, and uh, folks, you've probably seen mud wasp nests. If you have a porch or a deck, you'll see these guys build this. And it's built out of mud, and it looks like uh, pottery that they've done work there, the, the mud wasp. And the, the blue jay's probably not looking for his car keys, although they might, you know. And you think, what does a blue jay eat? They're omnivores, so they eat a lot of things. They eat grain. They, they love acorns, sunflower seeds. They eat beetles, grasshoppers, caterpillars, and they eat wasps. Oh. So it's likely decimating a wasp nest to eat the larvae inside, which are much easier to eat than the adult wasps who uh, put up a bit of a battle. So it's probably just finding food. So that's why it's hammering away on that nest. Okay. Well, with blue jays, are they? do the males and females look the same? You know, I was looking at them uh, yesterday and just trying to determine by their behavior. There was a pair of them here on the feeder, and I said, no, I, bet, I bet that's a male, you know. And, no, I bet that's a male. And, they, and there was no way I could tell. I just... It, I think they tell in ways that we probably have no clue. They likely see differences in each other's feathers and the ultraviolet spectrum that we cannot see into. Hmm. So I think that's probably how they they can tell which one is which. But, uh, boy, I sure can't. I just watch them and... Uh, you know, one acts like a doofus, so I said, that's got to be the male right there, and then the other one does it, so I I don't know. Well, do they sound different, or is is that the same, too? They, uh, they can make the same sounds, because blue jays are such good, uh, you know, they m- mimic a little bit. I, I don't know that we would classify them as mimics, but they they really do because they're corvids, so we think crows and ravens and things. And so they will make uh, just varied sounds, and they're all all really, really cool. And the one that we think of what is Jay. Jay. They sing Jay, mm-hmm. Jay. Some people call it Thief, Thief. And they make this little whisper sound. It's a soft, quiet, it's a conglomeration of clicks, chucks, whirs, whines, these liquid notes. And they do a queedle, queedle, queedle. And they snap their bill when they're trying to be aggressive. And I, but. You know, the again, the one we hear most often is that J or jeer, and okay. they'll they'll both make that. Uh, somebody wants to know why turkey vultures don't stay here all winter. Where do they go? I wish they were here all winter. I like turkey vultures. I don't know why there's not a. Uh, I'm sure there are baseball teams somewhere, or amateur teams called the vultures. There has to be. Why doesn't? 
your brother-in-law Herb stay here all winter. You know, Herb <laughs> needs to go to the lower Rio Grande Valley and learn how to make stained glass windows. <laughs> there are likely turkey vultures in that class with Herb. I kid because I love turkey vultures. <laughs> they they migrate to avoid challenging environmental conditions and resource limitations. And Herb does something similar. Uh, birds require more energy to maintain their body temperature when it's cold. Food re- resources become scarcer in the winter, forcing turkey vultures to move southward where it's just easier to survive. And being scavengers that feed on the carcasses of animals, in the winter, if you think about it, just think about it, we go into the Hy-Vee or Cub Foods or Aldi's or wherever we go to get some food. And sometimes we'll move down that area. My wife gave me a honeydew list of one item. I went to the store, and they were out of it. There was an empty shelf where this thing was supposed to be. Well, this happens to turkey vultures in winter because reptiles, amphibians, some mammals hibernate or go into torpor, which means there's fewer food sources for the vulture. So if they're looking for a, a certain kind of snake of some kind, a garter snake, that's what they're feeling hungry for. It's not there now. So the vultures return in the warmer months when carrion doesn't freeze. Uh, So they have trouble eating frozen foods because they just don't have a bill that's meant for that. And the increasing deer populations and the rising number of vehicles on our highways, that helps the vultures as that combination of deer and cars lead to more roadkill for more vultures to dine on. Mm. I think if the roadkill went unfrozen during the our frozen part of the year, vultures might stay here in the winter. Uh, the Cherokee Nation called them peace eagles based on their resemblance to an eagle from a distance and the fact that they don't kill prey. And I'd happily have them uh, spend winter here with me. Why not? You know, my. Uh, my uncle always said he didn't. He misery loves company. Mm-hmm. No matter what you were talking about, misery loved company. So, I guess maybe we'd say, "Yeah, stay here with the winter with us." But uh, this year, they probably would have done all right this year. Right, and I the the weather has come up so much because it seems to be so much more of a mild winter time than we've had before. Um, and I was even having this chat with my master gardener friends who were saying we're not quite sure what it's going to look like as far as like pest pressure coming up. Because because the weather didn't get as cold as maybe it needed to be. So have you yeah. seen anything with that with the birds or any other insects or anything like that? That I would guess it would have a definite uh, impact on insects, uh, although it, it has to get awfully cold for a certain period of time to do uh, any damage to insects. So it's, it's amazing how I, I've tried to figure this out for years. I I keep a journal, and I said, boy, you know, the winter was cold. We had so many days well below zero, so maybe there won't be so many insects bothering my garden, but, you know, it seemed like they were there anyway. So it's, I guess a lot of their numbers are cyclical, so some years we're going to get them no matter what. I uh, had a friend call me yesterday, and he had a it was a brown marmorated stink bug in his house, 
Hmm. And he said it's the first one of those he'd ever seen. I hear from, he lived up by the Twin Cities, and they are around here now, and they are called uh, stink bugs for a reason. Mm -hmm. They they stink, (laughs) and and they're kind of pretty. But I guess we're going to have insects no matter what when it comes to a garden. I, I love gardening, and the insects love gardening, and they love being there with me. And if I'm not uh, fighting with the insects, the little chipmunks are there chewing the bottom of my tomatoes off and drinking the tomato juice. <laughs> and I look at the chipmunks, and they're so cute. You know, it just uh, chipmunks have that cute thing going. They for do. Them. Yeah, they do. And, and I get mad, you know, oh, the insects are doing this or that mouse is doing that. And then that chipmunk and I go, oh, isn't he cute over there eating my tomato? Yeah, there's so much food left over for them. It's fine. It's. Yep. <laughs> I get the way, I get that way with rabbits a little bit, like those baby bunnies. Yeah, I'll, oh. I'll plant extra so you can have some food. Good for you. It's okay. Yeah. I know that the Master Gardeners said you were going to be speaking at one of their events coming up. So they were very excited about that. I know people will want to know and we'll, we'll let people know as that, as that event oh. comes up. So, um. Um, the, one of their education days. Hey, speaking of a, like a cyclical cycle, uh, big in the news the past week has been like the cicadas that are going to be coming. Do you are you following that? Yeah, isn't it something? Because it's going to be the the last time the 17 year and the 13 year both came out the same year in great numbers was uh, our president back then was Thomas Jefferson. Mm. So that's been a, a couple of years ago. And uh, it we don't get either one of those here. So we don't get the 13 or the 17. But what we get are the annual. So we get them each year. Okay. But these, I have been around them, and it is deafening. I, I can't... I was uh, leading a, a tour, and I'm going out to bloviate about something in the trees, and nobody could hear me. There's two cicada groups. One is called uh, Brood 19, or it's a great southern brood, and I believe the other one is Brood 13, the northern Illinois brood. And they're going to appear at the same time. They call it uh, what a dual emergence. And again, the last time this happened, Thomas Jefferson was president, mm. and that was in uh, a, a long, long time ago, 1803, I think it happened. And after this spring, if you want to go down south or uh, eastward a little bit to see this, this would be a good year to see this or hear it, more likely, because it will be another 221 years before these broods appear together again. So there's oh, wow. a chance if we don't hear it this year, we might not hear it again. I don't sure. 21 years. Who knows? We'd probably still be around. I'm sure that we're going to have all the news uh, outlets covering that when it happens. So we'll... Oh, they love cicadas, don't <laughs> they? It's just something about cicadas, and they always have the the audio of this just, uh, I don't know, cacophony. I guess that's yeah. why that word was invented. It is, it just, uh, it's noisy. Yeah. Speaking of noise, how about these birds? Why, why would a bird sing in the winter? Don't they normally sing to, like, attract or warn each other? Or what are the reasons that we hear birds singing when it's yeah, cold. Yeah, and you'd think, why would you want to burn up energy to 
to sing now. But, you know, they will now, starting especially January and February, it'll increase a lot. And they declare and defend a feeding territory. But they may sing to communicate with others in their flocks. And there's food over here. Or to express vitality and energy. If you're a male, you just want to get up and sing and say, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. And as the days lengthen, which they are certainly doing, that signals the approach of the breeding season. So then they sing to attract mates and as part of the courtship process. And I typically hear the black-capped chickadee singing a clear, sweet-whistled Phoebe or Sweetie starting in January. And if uh, sometimes I describe that song as springs here, and that's speculation, of course, on my part, in the chickadee. <laughs> but listen now for the cardinals to start that beautiful whistling, and this uh, yesterday morning I heard woodpeckers drumming on resonant wood. So when they do that, that is, uh, woodpeckers aren't much for singing, but that's kind of a, a spring song, or spring sound, I should say, is hearing the woodpeckers. Mm, okay. Well, I'll look for seasons changing. That's uh, it, it almost feels like that already. I, th- I think, what, 50 degrees next week, they said, possibly? Oh, my goodness. I know. Oh. Uh, one last question here. Somebody wants to know. My grandmother said her grandmother called a bird the hang nest. What kind of bird is that? Yeah, grandmas and grandpas were great because they just had... Uh they had different words for everything, I guess is what somebody told me. And my grandma on my mom's side, she came from Sweden, and my grandpa came from Germany as uh, young people, so they had all kinds of words that they'd throw in there every so often. Uh, hang nest. It's a nickname for the Baltimore Oriole, which built her <laughs> nest suspended okay. from the branch of a tree. There is a hang nest toady tyrant, a bird, but it's endemic to Brazil. So they probably wouldn't have been talking about that hang nest, although it's possible. Who knows? But it's uh, the Baltimore Oriole builds this. Uh, it's like a, a purse, a small purse hanging down from the branch of a tree. So a hang nest is a pretty good name. A hang nest. Okay. All right. Well, I know that by the time I talk to you again, it might be much warmer. I don't. I don't know. The the weather's confusing me. I know um, you said you're a gardener too, but we're all looking yep. at these these zones that are changing and everything. And um, I don't know what I don't know what February's going to bring, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm planting palm trees this year with the new zones. I think <laughs> I can plant everything and it'll prosper. It's amazing how crazy we'll go on that because. Uh, I've talked to friends that are just, they want to try different things and see how they work. And yeah. I don't i don't blame them. I want to, too. There's a few different things that I'm getting ready, get ready to try to plant now with the change of the zone. Not not going too crazy, though. but No, no. It, it, you always have friends that do that for us That's when it true. comes to gardening, planting mm-hmm. earlier. There's always somebody that plants way too early and just... You wait till they lose their first plantings, and then you plant yours. So they serve a real purpose other than just being friends. That's when you know that it's time by watching their failure, I suppose. <laughs> yes, right. it is. Bat, thank you so much for joining us today here on Talk of the Town on KTOE. We certainly appreciate it. Hey, thanks, everyone. Remember, the first 12 months of the year are the hardest, so get out there and have a day filled with delight.